yesterday in Hebrew begins the journey to the promised land. Now, let me say it again. What happened in Egypt with and then with Jesus in Jerusalem is the beginning of the journey to the promised land. If we miss the beginning of this journey, it's like, bam, the, the starter gun goes off, but you're still getting out of your car putting your tennis shoes on. So today, you're going to get a jump start by the revelation of God's Word. I'm going to show you how all of this ties together, and it's just fascinating. So read with me in the book of Exodus, and I'll explain all this. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, let me stop right there. Why does God, why does God have what's called appointed times, moedims? The reason why God has these times for all of us, Jew and Gentile, is because sometimes in life, the, the Torah, the Word of God, is, is, is the path. We follow the path because if we get, stay on the path, we get to his blessing quicker. But God knows sheep. And sometimes sheep are on the path, but they, <laughs> and they get off the path. We're still as sheep, but we're missing the blessing. Now look at me. Look at me. Are you born again? Yes. You've received Christ as Savior. Yes. So you're going to heaven. But can I shock you? Most of Jesus' teaching was not about heaven. It's about life and life more abundant. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the Torah, but I came to show you how to make it come alive to you. So just, just as there were these Moedims, these appointed times to the Jews, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, you have been grafted in and now you are heirs to the promises of Abraham. But in order to receive the promises of Abraham that have been paid in full by the blood of Jesus, we've got to know what these blessings are. I've been pastoring a long time. And all the sheep want to be on the path, but we all have a tendency to go astray. So God gives us these appointed times that we wake up and go, man, I got to get on the path because I'm going to heaven, but I want to get life and life more abundant. And the way that works is to get back on the path. Are you with me? Between yesterday, the great Shabbat, Saturday, and this next, not next Sunday? Yeah, this next Sunday. Between now and then, this is, how many have ever heard the saying, you finish the way you you start? Listen, God is not a mean God. God's not, don't listen, you know, don't, I, we were listening to a preacher coming in Friday and man, he's yelling at everybody and yeah, I'm burning hell and I'm going, I'm going, oh my God, why do people even go there? God loves you. He's your father. 
and it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so just like anybody, we get off, and so he gives us these appointed times to get us back on track so that we can have that life and that life more abundant. Okay? All right, so look at this. Let me show you. This is just... Now, remember, everything that we see with Egypt and Moses and Israel is a shadow of you and Jesus and the world. So what he did for them, he'll do for us because we've been grafted in. Right? Am I right? Okay, so look at this. So this first month of the year to you. So right now, God is, is wiping your slate clean. And this is... Your new beginning right now. Right now we are in the, in the Bible month, the, the month of Nisan, which comes from the Hebrew word Nis, Nisim, which is the miracles. So right now, you know, I want you to say that because faith comes here. Say right now, right now. I, am I am in the month, the month. of miracles, miracles for my life. Wow. See, see why, why, do, why does God have me teach that? Because it doesn't matter what happened last month. God is giving us right now a new beginning and giving us a fresh start so that we can get to the promised land. Somebody needs to hear this. You you failed. Maybe you failed. God is not waiting to push you into hell. That is so wrong. God is waiting for you to hear this word to go, I'm back on the path. God is not waiting to push you into hell. He's waiting to push you into his blessing. So this is right now, according to God's calendar, your new year. So happy new year. All right. Now look at this. Speak to all the congregation of Israel. And that's you because you've been grafted in. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th day of the month, that was yesterday on, uh, 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 on God's calendar. Of this month, every man, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for the house. Here's Israel, and, and I need to explain this because, because next Sunday we're going to walk everybody, we're going to take the blood, we're going to put it on the doorposts. I'm going to need a big branch. All of us are going to bring our first fruit. We're going to walk through these doors. We're going to shut these doors as Israel did coming through, leaving Egypt. And the amazing thing is, if you understand this, you will never go back to Egypt again. You never will. That's what this is all about. But listen to this, and, 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 and I'll get more in, a little bit into it next week, but let me just say it. When you, what does it say? It says, bring a lamb for every household. And what that means is in Hebrew, and this is why we're to three times a year, bring that first fruit offering to seal, to seal, we bring an offering to seal what God has done for us. But listen to this. It is not just an offering for you. It is an offering for your household. And what that means is, is when we know this revelation, 
It doesn't just seal the blood of Jesus on us, but it seals it on your family. And, and what that means is, is even if your family doesn't do right, the blessing on you protects them. No, you got to hear this. This is not a gimmick. This is not a, jo- a joke. This is not a scam. This is revelation. A lamb for the household. And Frank knows that this offering covers his family, not just him. And I asked for permission to share this. His, do- his granddaughter um, has been involved with drugs. Overdosed, correct? And, and flatlined how many times? Three times. Died, just what, a couple weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Died three times. Flatlined three times. God raised her from the dead three times. Then they said because she was flatlined for so long, she would be brain damaged. She is alive. She is absolutely perfect because we can cover our children. Listen to me. The devil does not get your children. He doesn't get them. So here's Israel in Egypt. They've not been serving God. They've been pagans for 210 years. God comes to bring them deliverance. He comes and says, I'm going to deliver you. They go, yeah. But he says, you got to do something. You have to bring for me a lamb. When you bring that lamb, tie it to the bedpost of your house for X number of days. The lamb was the, Egypt had several gods, but the lamb was the main god of Egypt for business and prosperity. So all of a sudden, these, these Jewish people are buying, are going down to get millions of lambs that represent the God of Egypt. Are you picturing it? We're not talking about two or three lambs. We're talking about a million lambs that they're bringing, walking through the streets. The Egyptian people see this. Million, a million lambs. Their God, their God of prosperity. And the Egyptian people say, what is this about? And they say, this is to be sacrificed to protect our firstborn because God is going to kill the firstborn of Egypt. Now, these guys have already seen God said, I'm going to turn the river Nile into blood. It happened. He said, I'm going to bring frogs. It happened. I'm going to bring boils. It happened. I'm going to bring lice. It happened. He already seen Moses declare nine other plagues, and they happened. So now here's all these Jewish people bringing the God of Egypt, and they say, what is this about? And he said, God is going to kill the firstborn. The firstborn know that God is going to do exactly what he said. They've seen it. So the firstborn and the firstborn are the ones who run the businesses. In the Mideast, the firstborn got a double portion. 
The firstborn inherited the business. Remember Esau and Jacob, and Esau, Jacob took Esau's firstborn blessing. Remember that? Okay, so these guys, these firstborn, are the ones who basically had them in slavery. They had them in slavery, but now they know they're going to die. And so the Bible says they go to their fathers who are not running the business anymore, but pretty much the patriarchs, and they go to Pharaoh and said, let these Jews go. Now I want to show you something here. Not only did those who were fighting against them to be set free become the ones who fought for them to be set free, God is reversing the whole thing, but here's what happened to the Jews and what happens to you. Is the Jews, by taking the lamb, was declaring, we are willing to stand against Egypt, and Egypt will no longer control our lives. Up till that time, Egypt kept them in slavery. And Egypt would give them the leeks and the garlic and have them sleeping on beds of hay and living in poverty. But at least they were alive. But by bringing the lamb, they are saying to Egypt, we're not willing to live on your handouts We are, for the first time in 210 years, we are sacrificing the God of prosperity in the world, and we are claiming that the world is not our prosperity, but God is our prosperity, and they are trusting God. Now listen to this. This is major. This is what has to happen to you. You have most of the America has been trusting in Wall Street, has been trusting in Washington. They're waiting for the next guy to get into Washington to hand us out a little bit of leeks and a little bit of garlic. You got to break that and you have to declare, I don't care who's in Wall Street. I don't care who's in Washington. I'm not settling for a handout. I'm not settling for a handout. But now today, I am trusting in God to be Jehovah Jireh, my provider. No, you got to hear this. You've got to hear this. Don't settle for the world to give you a handout. What you're claiming today is no longer will I trust. I Listen to me, and I know I'll get in trouble for this. Yes, I care who's in Washington. I want a moral man in Washington. I want a pro-life man in Washington. I want a pro-God man in Washington. But when the rubber hits the road, I don't care who's in Washington. I don't care who's in the White House because I know who's on the throne and he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you and I are grafted into that and we declare that Jehovah is our provider. Somebody give him praise. That's what this is about. Good Friday, or or, excuse me, not Good Friday, but the great Shabbat, Shabbat Hagadul, is about two things. It's about number one, or one of them, is the firstborn who were 
running the government and who were running the businesses and who were holding you down, holding Israel down and just giving them a meager living, these guys who were their enemies now began to fight for them. Whoever's blocking your blessing, today God says, I will turn that around and who were your enemies now will become your advocate and who was blocking you now will open the door. Somebody ought to shout amen. There is a Torah portion every week that we're assigned by God to read. The, there is a, in the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's the Torah. Then there are scriptures in the rest of the Bible that's called the Haftorah. And the Haftorah, the, the part that comes with this Torah, is to be read at that same week. The Haftorah for the great Shabbat for this week right now, for what we call Palm Sunday, is Malachi 3. Right now, we are in Palm Sunday. This is when Jesus, Jesus has just left Jericho. Blind Bartimaeus grabbed the opportunity. Remember? He wouldn't have, he said, don't bother the rabbi. He said, I'm not, Jesus, thou son of David. Everybody else missed it. He just left Jericho yesterday. It's a day trip. I've been there. He's coming into Jerusalem right now. They're waiting for the lamb, the lamb, without spot or without wrinkle, to come in. And all of a sudden, they're standing there with the palm branches, and they don't see. If you read, if you read Exodus, and I don't have time to teach off, you read Exodus 12, what I just read, it says they brought in a lamb, he became their lamb, and then he became the lamb. It's a three-step journey. He is a lamb. If you'll accept him as your lamb, then he will become the lamb. Do you receive that? So this is the same time, the great Shabbat, where your enemies don't fight against you. Even if it's a spiritual, it doesn't fight against you. Now they have to fight for you. And you are transferring from trusting the world to give you a handout to Jehovah Jireh taking you to the promised land. These two times coincide. This is the scripture we're to read on this day or yesterday, which would go in today. Look at this. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Let me stop right there. Malachi 3, we all know it's going to go to the windows of heaven being opened, right? But he says here, to open those windows of heaven, I send a messenger. Now, I'd always heard that messenger was Moses. I, I, mean, I mean, excuse me, John the Baptist. That messenger was John the Baptist. Behold, I send a messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And I've always heard, and I've preached, that's John the Baptist. And that's true. It was John the Baptist in his first coming. But this scripture about 
windows of heaven being opened, pouring out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive, and all the world will call you blessed, is not a teaching about the first coming. It is a teaching about the second coming. You say, well, pastor, how do you know? Because he says, I will send a messenger. The messenger brings a message of the covenant who prepares the sudden coming of the Lord. When Jesus came the first time, there was nothing sudden about his coming. Mary was pregnant for nine months. She had Jesus. Jesus was on earth. At 12 years old, he taught in the temple. Remember, they came and they came back and said, Where, where's Jesus? And they came back and he's teaching in the temple. After 12 years old, at 30 years old or so, he went in the ministry, went in the ministry for three and a half years, preaching the gospel. Then on this coming Friday, they arrested him and placed him on a cross. For three days, he was in the grave. He rose again after three days. Then he was seen 40 days, proving himself to be the Messiah. And then he went on to heaven and then sent the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' first coming, there was nothing sudden. It was nine months, and then it was 12 years, and then it was 30 years, and then it was three years, then it was three days, and then it was 40 days. But when Jesus comes the second time, he's coming in the twinkling of an eye. He's coming in a moment of time. And so the message of the windows of heaven being open and the messenger, the messenger that prepared the way for Jesus' first coming was John the Baptist. But the messenger of the second coming is you and I telling the world we need to get ready. We need to come back to our Jewish roots and he will come in a moment of time and we will bring the message of how to open those windows and all the world will call us blessed. shout amen. Do you get that? Let me show you some. Can I have five more minutes? Everybody, every preacher reads Malachi 3 and, and, and the windows of heaven, but look at this. Chapter, verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He is like a refiner's fire, like fuller soap, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi, the priesthood, the pastors, the preachers, the rabbis, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering of righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and of Jerusalem will be pleasant before the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years, and I will come near to you for judgment. And then he goes on. Let me tell you what that means. Before the windows of heaven can be opened, before the latter rain, there comes a judgment on preachers. And every preacher that takes the truth about prosperity and uses it as a gimmick will be judged. Includes me. Prosperity is true. It's real. It is part of the necessity. When Israel left Egypt, God stopped them 
went to Moses and said, beg the people to take the silver and gold with them. That's the favor of man that happens this Sunday. Favor of man. When Israel left Egypt, they didn't leave poor. When they left the people of Egypt, the firstborn who were still alive said, take our business. That's the end time transfer of wealth. That's not a gimmick. That's a reality. The teachings of righteous offerings of old is the key to the end time transfer of wealth. It's the key. But if we use it or anybody uses it, that or anything in manipulating God's sheep, there's a judgment on that. If you cheat people in business, there's a judgment on you. Oh, I got a lot of amens when the God's judging me, but I got nothing when God's judging you. No, you got to understand what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let me tell you something, and I say this to preachers all the time. Listen, that's why, that's why I, I'm just be real honest. I have a hard time with, 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 with some telethons and stuff because people want to be prosperous. God has put it in you to be prosperous. He's put it in you. It's God's nature in you. Ladies, nobody, nobody here, no ladies want to wear, I think I'll just get a stick. I just have a string and a stick. That'll look good. No, you want to wear, even if you can't afford real gold, you buy fake gold. Even if you can't afford real diamonds, you buy fake diamonds. You know why? Because that's God's nature. His streets are gold. It's, you know, and, the, and, and religions try to take that away. Oh, you need to be poor. No, no, no. You need to be rich. And if you want to be rich, you say, oh, I don't want to be rich. Well, get rich and give it to me. If that'll make you stumble, then just everything, just give it to me. I'll, I'll be all right. Right? That's God's nature. But here's the, here's the reality. You can, I can never, you can never steal as much as God wants to give in these last days. Now, I'm aware of that. You need to be aware of that. I will never take the word of God and trick his people. That's why when I travel, I never, I never receive my own offering. The Didache, the, 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 what used to be part of the, the, uh, New Testament, you ought to do research on the Didache. It used to be part, the church included in the New Testament. It's 16 chapters of the 12 apostles' teachings on how to bring the Gentiles into the Jewish teachings of Jesus. One of those things says, if a man says he's a prophet and he receives his own offer, if he takes money from you, he's a false prophet. See, prosperity has become a thing that we teach to get something from somebody. If you give $120 for 120 days, there'll be 120 miracles on you in 120 minutes. There's going to be judgment on that. I'm I'm going to say this because I'm a preacher. But there's a lot of people I hear you you think, well, I can can just scam. uh, I can increase my hours on my time card, or I can do this, or I can't do it. Listen to me. Judgment of preachers, first. Judgment of people, second. 
we need to be honest people. And if we'll be honest people and find out what God is saying, the windows of heaven will open up for us and all the world will call us blessed. Now, let me show you this real quick. Literally, I'm going to change this. Here's, here's how this happens. Malachi says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. That word return is teshuvah. When Egypt, when Israel said, now listen, listen to this. When Egypt said, we're going to sacrifice this lamb. We are no longer trusting the world to be our God, our provider. In Hebrew, it is, it is the first time that Egypt did a, a Shabbat and is the first time in 210 years they returned to God. And in Hebrew, listen to this, on this Good Friday, when they said, we're not trusting Egypt, we're not trusting Egypt to just get us by anymore. We're trusting Jehovah Jireh. In Hebrew, it was their spiritual bar mitzvah. It was the beginning of them becoming adults. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. God doesn't want you to be his child. He wants you to be his partner. No, you got to hear that because I'm not just, oh, that's a neat thing to say. That's what it teaches. When they said, we are not trusting Egypt anymore. Don't, don't settle for welfare. Don't settle for minimum wage. Don't settle for that. God does not want you his child. The Hebrew teaching is the moment they said this on great Shabbat, we are, we are, we are no longer trusting the world. We're going to trust God. That's why that's what this offering is about saying we are trusting God for this year to be Jehovah Jireh. In Hebrew, it says they had a spiritual bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah is when you go from being a child to being an adult. You go from being a child in your home to training to be a partner with your father. And on this day, God began. Not, not, not when the lamb was sacrificed, not when Jesus rose from the dead. On this day, they began their journey. Are you trusting God to be Jehovah Jireh? All right, now let me show you real quick what this all says. In the windows of heaven, return unto me. Return unto me as in the days of old. I'll give you this real quick. There are three ways that we give. Three ways we give. The first one, here's the temple. You're the temple of God now. Here's the stetka box, the charity box, the feeding the children, the widows, the orphans. Then there's the tithe box. And then the, the one that brings the open windows of heaven is first fruit. Tithe, how do we return? In tithes and in offerings. Now, let me give this to you because it'll change your life. Tithes and offering. Three times a year, we come before the Lord and we do not come empty-handed. Those three times a year opens three different windows. This Sunday, when we give that offering and we place the, the blood on the door, it releases grace from God, unmerited favor, favor of man. They gave him the silver and gold, divine protection to protect all that's in your household. But listen to this, because you, you won't hear this anywhere else. Return unto me. That's the scripture for this great Shabbat. Why did he say tithe, first fruit, and all, and, uh, excuse me, tithe and offering, first fruit? Why didn't he say stetkaf? There's three ways to give. Because it's understood 
if you can't, even if you're living on charity, if you're living on charity, you don't have to tithe. You're not required. If you're living on charity, you're not required for first fruit. But every person living is required to bring charity. Now, let me explain this. The only people who qualify to be living on charity are beggars. Beggars on the street. Even a beggar on the street. That's why Jesus was standing at the charity box. Because everybody, if you want to be blessed of God, everybody is required by God. Even if you're a beggar on the street, you're required by God to bless somebody else. Because it's the only way you're going to get out. But if you're not a beggar on the street, then you're required by God to bring charity. You're required by God to bring your tithe. And then you're required by God three times a year to bring your first fruit. And if you do that, God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. And through the blood of Jesus, you will never be back in Egypt again. That's you. Not a gimmick, not a trick. Now, let me leave you with this. And I know I've gone long, and I, let me leave you with this. Understand this. The, the, charity, the charity is when God brings the opportunity. God's brought us the opportunity with the orphanages and with the schools and with the feeding. That, so when God brings us an opportunity that we know, we respond to that. The tithe is always God's. That's mine. God says that's mine. Don't listen to me. It's between you and God. But if you want to be one of those who God uses the whole the world to call you blessed, you got to understand that tenth belongs to God. That's his. Three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, we bring an offering. Those three different windows release a certain blessing those three times a year that only happens then it only happens then god says my people destroyed for what reason lack of knowledge you know tiz and i were walking in the house the other day and we had a mezzos out there and i always touch the mezzos out to thank god for the tour and i think if god hadn't shown this what would we be teaching what would we be teaching? We'd probably be yelling at people just like everybody else. Burning Listen to me. God's not going to push you into hell. But I know this as true as I know my name. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro. He's running to and fro. He's running. Think about that. God is running looking for someone who he can be strong on their behalf. You are going to live under under the open windows of heaven. Do you receive that?